0: Hello, Chizzy. How's it going? Fine, yeah. I was playing some Eye uh, of the Tiger for you there, some music. I um, got <laughs> uh, my camera for you.
1: There we
0: go. Sorry. How are you? Fine, yeah. I'm doing fine. Thanks. Thanks. Nice to see you. thanks for. Um, thanks for taking part in tonight's Instagram live with me it's it's always a pleasure (laughs) it's really kind of you but I, I thought I've been speaking to a few different practitioners over the last few days and over the next week week I'll be speaking to as well and it's really to see what types of work we all do differently and how we've been coping over the last you know, over the last seven, eight months since COVID began. Um, And really to see what we're all doing and how we're going to progress, you know, hopefully over the next year or so. Mm. Um, So I thought I'd ask you and I've known you um, since earlier earlier part of this year, I think it was after COVID began. um, Some of my colleagues uh, mentioned yourself, Dr. Rucci, about the fact that you're the tear trough kick. You're the expert in anything eye-related and cosmetic-related. So I took part in a a webinar with you held um, a training session online for a number of practitioners, and it was probably about May May time, April. It was in May. Yeah, it was in May. Yeah, and it was, um, you went through everything to do with tear trough treatment and assessment and actually everything that a practitioner needs to know about to do with tear troughs. And I, I was just amazed at the amount of detail that you provided in that free webinar. It was it wasn't didn't cost a penny. You did it um out of your own time and you were really good at it as well. So Very that's good. how we first met um online. Um, mm-hmm. and since then things have progressed. I've um I've signed up to your uh, wealthy medics course, which you've yeah. started. Yeah. And I was going to really speak to you about the different things that you do, if that was okay with you, Uche. Of course, I
1: mean, I'd love to. Love to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So, how would you describe the work that you do, the different types of things that you do?
1: Well, um, I would say I kind of have I sit as an expert educator, um, as as an overarching title, I like to say. Um, I have two parts, so it's there's a hands-on stuff there's so it's the tear trough um management or rejuvenation which is my field i've written book booking it Uh, so i've authored in the space i've got a training academy Uh, i've had my own clinic so i'm an expert educator as well as obviously delivering the service of managing tear troughs and then also i would like to think of myself as an expert educator particularly for for uh, aesthetic practitioners and, and healthcare professionals in the ability to be able to brand market yourself and build a business strategy. And and as you know, I've written a book on that as well. Um, So um, I kind of, I kind of do both. I kind of give people who, especially in aesthetics, the whole, you kind of get the whole thing with me. So you you, you learn how to do what is the most underserved treatment, which is under the eyes. So it's big demand, not a lot of people doing it. And then on top of getting the actual skill, you also... Are given or you're equipped to be able to take that skill, brand it, package it, and push it in a way that gives you a competitive advantage, and also puts a position to give your customers the best. So that's so the thing.
0: So, so you're a doctor, but you you didn't begin as a doctor, did you? Or you you moved careers a little bit when you first started working. So can you yeah. can you tell tell us what that involved? What you went through? Sure. I mean, um, I
1: went for a long. A very long kind of transition. So I, I, I started out um, in banking, investment banking. So uh, I worked for yes. Goldman for a while, uh, Goldman Sachs that is. And um, from there, I transitioned into medicine. Um, yes. and, and that's when I kind of decided that, whilst in medicine, I think there was a lot, a lot of things I really loved, but a lot of things I wanted to give people in healthcare and medicine more so yeah. i wanted to kind of bring my prior knowledge because i'd also had a few startups i've been part of the tech community um, i wanted to bring that knowledge to say how can people as health professionals distinguish themselves so that they can better communicate their value and, yeah. and and you know and in a way that allows them to distinguish themselves from others because if you can communicate your value everyone has something unique that they offer and if you know yeah. how to communicate that and you know how to build around that then you're not only find the right customers or find the right patients, but your life is a lot more fun because you do what you love. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of my journey into what, into what I did.
0: You've, you've certainly got a, 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 varied, a varied pathway that you followed from when you started. And what was it about the finance industry that, that, didn't, that you didn't enjoy, that you, you didn't get on with?
1: Um, you're, not, you're not really, you're not really helping people. So like, yes. I've got a lot of respect for the industry. I have a lot of friends who are still who have been part of it, who are still in it. But you're not, you're not helping people the way you are in healthcare. So yes. I always say that, despite the challenges of working at NHS, being a health professional is the best job. Like in terms of the things you do, um, yes. whether you work in the private sector, or the public sector, it's the best kind of job. And so. Um, yeah. That, for me, is a, is a no-brainer. If you're going to work 60 hours a week, I'd rather work 60 hours a week interacting with people for a living. That's just meeting patients, helping them, problem-solving. Um, it makes a lot more sense for me. And, and finance is really entertaining. It's a fun place to be, fun industry. But uh, you lose, you don't have the same people element. Yeah, yeah.
0: How How did you get specifically into the area of the eye, the eye area, and treatments involving um, the eye. How did you get from being a doctor? Is it ENT? It's ear, nose, and throat that you worked in initially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what you're working in now. Um, how, how did you get into the whole idea of helping people with cosmetic eye problems?
1: If I'm quite honest with you, I, when I came into the industry, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like a lot of the industry was. Something I could easily relate to in cosmetics, so I knew I wanted to help people with their appearances and feel confident and feel, um, if you like, yeah, confident in their image. But yeah. I wanted to do something that I felt like, if I'm being honest, that I would do like for myself, right? So yeah. I knew I wasn't necessarily the same. You've got like a couple of different types of consumers, so you've got a lot of beauty consumers who who, um, you know, who are up on their beauty. But there, that, but there are so many people who aren't necessarily, who don't consume beauty with such enthusiasm, but still want to, you know, be confident about the way they look. So yeah. when I came into that, for me, it was like my under eyes. I was like, I have sleeping, so I'm tired as hell. <laughs> and, um, and, and my friends around me were the same. It was like, if I was to do anything, yeah. I'll get my eyes done. Because it was, I, I look tired and I feel tired. And yeah. I realized that the breadth of people that I could manage by treating under eyes was almost a privilege. It was almost like being back in the NHS, but not being in the NHS, because you get everyone walking through your doors.
0: Um,
1: And that's how I kind of decided that it was something I wanted to do. I was already, given the background I come from, I was very, always very anatomy oriented. Um, And, you know, when you take all of that, plus the cliche stuff, which is the yes. fact that your eyes are the first thing anyone notices about you. Um, yes. it's, 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 it's the brain's recognition or face ID of how you recognize someone. It's, you can see someone 20 years later and you know it's them because of their eyes. So yes. when I pulled that together, I was like, yeah, this is, I love this area. It, it gives me what I need. It gives me the variety I need. Um, and, and, I, and I lucked out to realize very quickly I was one of the only people who was
0: focused on it. So yes. um, you, yeah, you, you made- it out. You've done a lot since you started, though, haven't you? In, in in the time that you've been doing all this. So, after you started working in in the aesthetics industry and still carrying on doing NHS work at the same time, you've created your own uh, masterclass training, online, face to face. How did it How did it feel for you the very first masterclass training that you? have Provided you must have been nervous, you couldn't have been really confident about
1: that, could you? I was nervous (laughs) as hell, I was so nervous. Um, I wanted to give the best possible, I wanted to give people, I wanted people to be able to walk away and be able to just do what I did, right? So, I knew how much I knew, but my challenge was how can I teach people in one day that they can as closely as possible, assimilate the knowledge that I had developed over years. Um, yeah. So I was nervous about being able to give them that and, and, and let them come away from that. But it worked out really well. And it's custom from strength to strength. And, and you know, I'm proud to say people call it the best course. And, and it's just, it's amazing because when you enjoy what you do, it's easy. It, it becomes yes. easier. So I'm no longer nervous because I know I can deliver the, pro- the, the value. And yeah. now it's more like, Ooh, I can't wait to teach people so everyone gets to know uh, how great <laughs> and easy is well not even easy but how how much of a system you can use and the techniques you can use to deliver great eye results and just open your yeah. market so you know I'm all about yeah. the whole combination of medicine meets enterprise so I love to marry the two
0: yeah it, it's just it's it, the way you present your work I haven't taken your masterclass face to face uh, training with you not yet anyway I, I will do at some point so don't worry um, but the way you present <laughs> the way you present information to people like me aesthetic practitioners is that you make it so easy for us to understand what you're saying some of my colleagues um, um, from a different uh, clinics uh, Claire from Butterfly Aesthetics um ayesha a- um yeah um, a- 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 there's a number of different clinics that have visited you for training a number of different practitioners and the- a- when i speak to them they say you know Uche, he's such a really nice bloke and he made us actually think about what we needed to do and like other training courses that they've been on and that i've been on you information is just just fed to you and you don't have to think about it you just do what you want with it. But you don't have to actually, no codes go around in your head trying to make you decide what to do with that information. But yeah. with your training, they said to me, they loved the fact that you force them to think about what they're learning. That was the difference. And you you must really enjoy when, when, pra- when practitioners, you can see them actually putting into practice what you've given them and what you've made them think about.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's. I always think to myself, if you're gonna come onto my course, you're not coming onto the course to be able to. It's got to be a different experience. Pick up a textbook. It can't. Yes. It can't be remotely similar. That's why you're there in person. And and if you get my online course, it's the same. It's. it's I don't want to give you a textbook. Um, otherwise, you could just read my notes and read my books, and and you will be fine. Um, yeah. The the idea mm-hmm. of having that interaction with me is so that you're challenged to be able to yes. actually do it and come away confident. What happens with a lot of courses is that people do the courses, they learn the competency, they learn the skill, but they don't get the confidence. Yes, and yes. then they come away and it's like, I'm actually scared to practice because I don't have the confidence. I don't know if I can do it for sure. And the idea yes. of, my, of my courses, whether you're doing the online or the, or the physical one, is that you're going to come away and you're it's like you can step into the wall straight away and start treating. You know you can do yeah. it.
0: Yeah. When, when you first started, you'll have come across other practitioners. And a lot of them don't start practicing straight away for whatever reason. They might think the NHS is where they really need to continue with. They might just be worried about starting. They might not have clients for whatever reason. But mm. it's always difficult when you put things off and you leave it longer and longer. The, the confidence just gradually vanishes, I find, if you don't do it straight away. And with aesthetics... Practitioners tend to be on their own, they don't have the support of somebody else by their side when they're working. So, I think what you're doing is really effective for not just practitioners that have worked for a long time, but, but practitioners that look at the information that you provide as a, as a newbie in some ways. I suppose they'll, they'll need to have had basic training to do the work that you're providing, but. Even practitioners that have worked for quite some time, they still in some areas feel not as confident as they could do. And and you really help to make them think about what to do and how to do it properly. Um, And confidence. It's very difficult to instill confidence in someone, um, especially in aesthetics, because ultimately that practitioner is totally on their own. So... I think you do really well. You've done really well to do what you've done so far. And I think uh, I'm, I'm privileged to be, um, to, for you to be my mentor. I think it's amazing because you're actually, I can speak to you pretty much any time I like. Well, perhaps <laughs> three in the morning, but most times I can speak to you about work because I've signed up to your Wealthy Medics program and you started that um, earlier this year. And I'm one of the first intakes that you've um, that, yes. that you've got. Um And I've been really happy with that work that you've helped me to do. Um, So you produced, you produced a book earlier this year. um, And that was, I was going to ask you about COVID actually, but I'll I'll finish off a couple of other things first, a couple of other questions. Mm -hmm. What What do you enjoy most about your work, either NHS work or the aesthetics work? What's the one thing that you say you love more than anything else about that work? So,
1: as a medical student, I read the book Five Levels of Leadership by uh, Maso Hart, And um, one of the, I think the very fifth level of leadership in that book is about being able to make other leaders, right? It's to be able to teach other people your skills such that they can go on and teach others and, and lead others, right? Um, and inspire others. Um, and that really stuck with me. And so, everything I've done in medicine so far, Aesthetics. Um, everything I've done is around how can I impact others in such a way that they can go away and impact others, and they can yes. use whether that's through the techniques I teach in managed tear trough. So, are you going to go away and are you going to be able to, you know, not only treat under eyes better, but can you teach other people about how to treat under eyes better, or yes. is that from an enterprise standpoint of how do you? How do you stand out in a massively competitive market? How do you create something pretty quickly? You want to get those publications. You want to be in these journals. You want to be on panels. You want to do all these things. I don't, I never silo my knowledge to myself. So that has been the thing that I've set out to do. That's what I've enjoyed the most is to provide value in such a way that it impacts others. And I teach them how they can also go out and do the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're certainly managing to do it, I've got to say, because your, your influence on me has been amazing in, in my opinion anyway. Um, with with all the work that you've done, there must be some funny stories you've come across. Um, is there any that you can mention, any funny stories in the line of your work? <laughs> um... <laughs> funny stories um, even, even whether it be the NHS or whether it be in your aesthetics training or in the actual um, in, in the wealthy medics course whatever you think wow <laughs> something's made you laugh something must have made you laugh in the last few months oh in the last few months yeah
1: I would I would say that um, I would say the thing that I find funniest is um, when i so I'm pretty vocal about being the, um, you know, the tear trough dude, right? Yeah. And uh, I have a profile on, uh, on realself.com, which is a platform. Yeah. Uh, well, I had a platform. I had a profile there at the time, but, although I don't find it that useful anymore, so I kind of stopped it. But it would always entertain me when I have, like, you know, eye guy plastered everywhere and somebody would message me about a Brazilian butt lift. Or, or, or someone that message me about, they'll be like, oh, you know, I see you do eyes. Do you also do bumps? I mean, like, well, they're not really related." <laughs> um, I mean, I'll be like, if I said yes, would you trust me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that tends that to be quite a funny thing. But I would say all the other things that have kind of made me laugh, um, I'd probably need to
0: think about if I could say that to make sure so I'm not going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, but it, it's been a difficult time. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing for you since March, since earlier this year. Um, how how has life been for you generally? You know, since since COVID, since the earlier part of this year. How how have you managed to cope with doing things with your normal work with combining your Trip with your nhs work with other things how how has it been for you how have you felt
1: well it's been a challenging year for all of us first and foremost um it's there's been a lot of there've been so many lows this year i think so many lows this year for for the whole community for all of us population mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. even individual losses and, and and pains and and so i would say that this year initially felt like, oh no, this year is, is a disaster. I can't wait for 2020 to finish. But actually, there have been some real positives in the year as well. Um, I think it's been one of the first years ever that I've been able to have the time to sort of, if you like, introspect a lot more about yeah. myself and my professional development, personal development, and so and so forth. It's the first time ever that I felt like, normally, you know how it is in NHS, right? You're part of the surgical team. And the surgical team are like out here trying to get requests from a and the medical team are trying to get requests from a and you're all kind <laughs> of competing for other people's attention. But for the first time ever, everybody had a common goal. And so yes. in the hospital setting, it was like the camaraderie was amazing. Uh, yes. And I would also say that the last thing is that it's been a real opportunity, unlike any other, to think about how, I think, pressure either makes diamonds or burst pipes as they say right and it's been yes. a great opportunity to to become a diamond and think about where is the trajectory of what you do so the value you offer people how can you offer value in this world where you might be able to see someone face-to-face anymore? um yes. or if you do see the face-to-face interactions are wildly different so how can you still yes. offer value whether that be through your clinics through your consultations through surgery whatever it is and i think yes. that has forced at least me to think about those things and really consider it. And I think it's mainly a better person, practitioner. And so despite all the lows of 2020, I think that as a whole, there have been some real valuable learning points that will make 2021 a, a, a great year. I think that's the same for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's the hard times in life that, that help you with the best times, doesn't it? it, it I think that's the case. Yeah. When you're down and when you can manage to get out of a, a low period, that's when it shows itself in the good times.
1: Yeah, for real. For real. I yeah. mean, no question. No question at all.
0: Yeah. You've, you've, you've always got a smile on your face as well. I don't know if it's because it's me you're looking at or it's because it's generally you like that. <laughs> Do
1: you know what, Bill? Looking at you is good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, like to smile. I like to smile nonetheless, man. You know what? I always think, I always think to myself, things can always be worse. Um, yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think if you... Having been someone who hasn't always been this way, uh, I now appreciate trying to find the things to be grateful for. And obviously, talking to you is one of those things as
0: well. Yeah, no, I, I always enjoy talking to you. Like, we've been speaking on and off every few weeks for the last probably the last six months or so almost, yeah, I think. It's, it's, it's getting on for real. It's getting on yeah. Um, but one of the things you did over lockdown, which I found quite incredible, you, you wrote a book. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I still can't <laughs> believe you've managed to write a book over lockdown. So it was. Um, it, it, it's to do with the whole aspect of, of micro niche working as a healthcare practitioner. Right. And that's what I've signed up to after... Um, following your webinar to do with tear trough treatment um, but your wealthy medics program is something that i'm i'm in and there's a few other practitioners that are doing it as well um, how did that come about the whole idea of of healthcare practitioners specializing in a particular type of work how did that whole idea come about
1: i would say that it was something that had in my mind the whole time right so um healthcare professionals, we tend to do things in a very prescribed way, excuse the pun. Um, But um, it's one of those things where because of that, there isn't, the knowledge is quite stagnant. So we have one piece of knowledge that has been there in existence for years and years and years, and everyone's using the same blueprint. But that blueprint that works 50 years ago, isn't the blueprint that works 50 years later. Um, because yeah. things evolve, more people catch on and things become more and more competitive. You get saturation, right? The population of earth is more now than it was, you know, a hundred years ago. That's just the way the game goes. And so I was kind of keen to share my experiences and my knowledge in the world of business and enterprise about how do you stand out in a competitive market? And I wanted to help yeah. other health professionals, especially even aesthetics and, and, and doctors, who I know really struggle with this, is how can you stand out? How can you look different? And, yeah. and, and how can you take that momentum? How can you take that, that um, unique value proposition that you're offering to not only find the people who need you and want you the most, but then yes. turn that into a career that also gives you the things that you want from your career, right? It gives you more control and more autonomy. Yeah. So i would always wanted to share that for years and years and years, but never had the chance. And lockdown, when it started, I was like, do you know what? screw this i'm gonna write this book <laughs> um and uh i wanted to get my thoughts out and i wanted to share what i knew and uh, they mm. say they say you know it's, it's procrastination is is or delay is deadly as they say um i decided not going to waste any time with it i'm just going to write it uh and that's kind of how it that's kind of how it came about and i'm i'm so glad that people have liked it uh people have found it extremely useful uh yeah. and yeah I, that's kind of what it's all about is creating your own valuable position. Be able to communicate that, find the people who want to find you, and then take that to your career.
0: Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really good book. I've read it. I read it a while back now, earlier this year. And yeah. um, it's a really easy read for anyone that's interested in speciality work as a healthcare practitioner. you um, you it saying in the book, you mentioned, Everyone's got things that they love about different aspects of their work. And there's different aspects of the work that they've done over a period of time that they're really good at and things they particularly like doing. And when you combine your love for a particular type of work and you pick a particular type of work that you're good at doing, that's when you've got your micro niche speciality. I think that's how you were trying to put it across. Um, we're what, we're what's the book called for anyone that wants to read it Uche? of course,
1: it's called A, a Modern Healthcare Professional um, yeah. and absolutely, it's all about that it's all about how can you take what you're good at what you enjoy and stand out, right, stand out yes. in, a, in a crowded space if you are an ENT surgeon and you want to open your private ENT practice, how are you going to stand out but do it in the way that you enjoy it and you like what, what are your skills? If you are a pharmacist, and you are working in the beauty industry, and in cosmetics, not social cosmetics, how are you gonna stand out? How are people gonna be able to appreciate that the value that you have to offer? How can you communicate that in a way that allows you to stand out and create your own space in the market? So these are all things that I think are, they really touch on the two most important things for any professional, which is one, visibility, especially if you're an entrepreneur, and yes. two, enjoying your job like the most simple thing in the world enjoying your yes. job so if you can get the if you can get visibility whilst enjoying your job then you've won if you've got you've got an ideal world you're going to smile all the time because you're going to do what you enjoy you're going to make money from it but you're going to add value to the world of the people who want you which is the best part because a happy person a happy practitioner yes. is the best practitioner is this is really that yes something? what
0: what do you think it is about nhs staff in particular healthcare practitioners within the nhs that stops them thinking they can do other things outside of the NHS? Why Why do they have that, that tunnel vision of sticking with just one type of work and carrying on until they reach some end point? Why, why do you think that is?
1: I mean, I, in my opinion, it's it's all to do with, it's to do with the fact that people, when you become, when you develop a routine, I mean, yeah. being in healthcare is, is tough, right? It's tough. You, yeah. You spend a lot of time studying, you do a lot of exams, you 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 spend hours at work and training, you don't get paid a lot of money. There's there's so many things that you sacrifice to do it and to do it well. And by the time you've sacrificed it, you're so invested. You're so invested yeah. that that you number one, the concept of breaking away from the path that is laid out before you becomes even more frightening because you're potentially gonna lose the things that you have worked so hard for. But then also you are inserted into a world where standardization, which for good reason is the theme. We standardize it when we practice medicine or healthcare because it keeps people safe. It guarantees replicable results. We know what to do. But the problem with that is that if you follow standards and you follow algorithms and that becomes your thinking on a day-to-day basis. It permeates into how you actually visualize yourself. And so yes. the idea of stepping outside the box or thinking naturally becomes very difficult. Um yes. so yes. there are a couple of reasons I think why as healthcare professionals we, we struggle to to really um to really step outside the box and 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 have almost the courage to know that the skills we have are are amazing and they are absolutely flexible in the way in which they can deliver value to people around us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just there. There is a lot of there's a lot of people that just don't realise how good they can be in another area of practice, and they've got the knowledge, they've got the skills. They're just worried about doing it outside of what they're already used to doing, and it's a shame, really, because I think there'd be a lot of specialist workers around um, from the healthcare sector if they just looked at what they're able to do and what they love doing most of all
1: hundred percent like we are you know i i want to say that we are the most privileged people i think in the community in the sense that we have knowledge on the thing that people care most about their health right and if you take that one step further you know there, there are only three big things that people really care about in this world right well, you, you might be able to extend that to four big things, like four really big things. So your your health, um, I would say relationships, whether that be linked to, you know, so health and beauty, relationships, money, and like family are like at the core of everyone. You've got other things that are important to people, so social causes, but at the core of every single person you care about, normally those four things. And yeah. health is the one thing that you can't, you can't guarantee. You can't plan. You can't. Yes. You can't learn it. You can't be mentored in it. You can't. It's just nothing you can do. You can plan your family. You can be mentored and save your money. You can. You know. You can. You can try and look nice and take care of yourself. But your health is something that is truly a blessing. And, yes. and the fact that we have knowledge in that space, um, we are a very privileged group of people
0: yeah yeah no that's it, it's good of you to to actually explain the, the whole process that you're involved in and why you're doing it and i think it'll help a lot of people that, that might be watching this it'll give them an idea of what they might want to do and they can they can read your book i think they'd love to read your book because it's a really great read um are you bringing out another book at all are you are you're in the process <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have I have bust my ass in 2020. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm to chill a little bit for this year. Um, there might be another book next year for sure. Um, yes. But for this year, I would say that um, no no more books in 2020. <laughs> uh, I want to enjoy Christmas as much as we can. I want to enjoy Christmas, and I'm gonna I'll put the laptop. <laughs> I'm all right writing for the rest of this year. And then next year, I think if the inspiration comes to me, and if I think that there's something I can do to release more value and, and give more impact to people, whether they be aesthetic practitioners looking to navigate a post-COVID world, or yeah. if they are just healthcare professionals trying to find, you know, who where they fit in outside of, a again, a non-COVID yeah. environment, what, where it their yeah. passions? Could that be in the yeah. aesthetics? And if it is, how can they safely explore it and as closely or as reliably you know, guarantee that they'd be successful. Um, these are the kind of things that are in my head, and if I write something, it'll be along those lines. But for now, mm-hmm. what's out there, I think it's still, it's still pretty solid <laughs> and relevant.
0: <laughs> with, with, your, with your current intake, like, I'm one of the current um, individuals that run your wealthy medics course. There's, there's Claire, there's Rosie, I think there might be a couple of others as well. Um, what, what's your experience of your first intake, uh, like the, the individuals that are on your course right now? What have you learned from us? Uh, we've learned a lot from you and we continue to learn a lot. But we, it, it's a two-way process. You need to learn to help you develop and improve what you do in the future. So yeah. how do you think we've helped you? Have we done anything at all to help you?
1: One million percent. So I would say, you know, Dean Review, Vibs is why I love you so much. Um, you, I learned, I've learned so much. I've learned about how to deliver value more. So I've learned that even if you have a great, brilliant idea, um, you, you you can't, I've seen a really funny comment at the bottom, which is, <laughs> that's hilarious. But, um, um, I've learned that you want to deliver value to the whole world and impact everyone. You've got to think about how you're going to do this. It's hard, right? Uh, yeah. It's hard to deliver value to everybody. It's one of the things I try and teach people now when you I'm trying to point to practice with online uh, vehicles and resources to try and yeah. help everyone at a large scale. But I've had to learn about that. I've had to yeah. learn about the way people learn, right? So yeah. Yeah. it's really, it's it's one thing teaching people how to, Manage underwrites, which I can do pretty well. Um, yeah. It's another thing teaching people how to, you know, the tricks or the, the the if you like the steps it takes to sort of guarantee you stand out in the profession. But then when yeah. you're actually mentoring people, yeah, the styles of every of that mentor mentee relationship is so different yes. with each person that it yeah. really causes you or it, it makes you think about how are you to mentor someone a great responsibility and a yeah. privilege. And you yeah. want to be able to do that in the best way possible. So, yeah maybe think about not how I want to be mentored or how I would want to be mentored, but yeah. how is the person opposite me wanting to be mentored?
0: It's difficult because you have to go through a process over a period of time to see how things change for each of us individually. Mm -hmm. And then we have group uh, conference calls, we have group uh, video conferences, um, and it's really nice to be able to speak to all of us, uh, everyone else together within a group. And we're all learning from each other as we do that. Um, And I, I find it really beneficial, you know, not just only to speak to you, but also to speak to the others, um, Rosie, she's um, mindset for medics, and yeah. she's um, she's doing something completely different. Um, it's not aesthetics related. Yeah. Uh, Claire, Claire at Butterfly Aesthetics, she's doing the work to me. I'm specialising in lip scarring and deformity improvement yeah. appearance. Um, and I think you told me a story. I still remember it, and I still I might even have mentioned it in one of my er- earlier lives this week. Right. You said to me, you said when you first started. Your, and you did the very one of your very first lip augmentation treatments it was on an irish nurse that's what i remember yes. yes and you said to me she came in expecting you to do a lip treatment on her and you found that she had a scar across her lip exactly exactly <laughs> and you didn't know what to do and the thing is even now training for lip augmentation across the uk doesn't specifically include anything about lip scarring. The the advice still today. I know that because I keep asking. Um, mm. The advice is don't go anywhere near a scar. You're going to make it worse. Leave mm. it well alone. Inject around it, but nowhere near it. <laughs> that's what the advice is. But absolutely, and what... I
1: would still send that person to you today. <laughs> I'm still
0: going to send over to you. <laughs> the, the thing is, you, there's not many um, lip scarring practitioner specialists in the UK, augment, augmentation, cosmetic mm. treatment specialists. And I, I'm very proud and privileged to be mentored by you to be able to do this work. Although it's not your specialty, you're helping me to become a specialist in the area that I've chosen. And I think that's really good that you're able to do that. Um, but the the fact is, you're helping every individual along their own path of speciality. It can't be an easy job for you because you've got to try and balance and work out exactly what an individual needs compared oh, to someone else. Oh,
1: yeah. Trust me, So I can't move in. but yeah, no, you are, you are completely correct that it's not entirely easy. Um, however, it's it's so much fun because you're. Your niche, your expertise, your skill set. One, I was like, oh, my God, this is, I wish, I mean, imagine that, right? Like, that's my first ever patient. I could have watched you learn from you for my first ever patient. That would have been fantastic. And then you've got someone like like Claire or someone like Rosie, who's doing something completely different about mindset. And it's like, I am not only helping you guys on your journeys, but I'm also learning. It's like, it's like watching yeah. a Discovery channel or something. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like learning. I'm like geeking out on like, this like YouTube channel. I'm like learning all these techniques and all these different things. And I'm like, yeah. I have to make some notes. Now I know this. It's great for, like, you know, for
0: a dinner conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's always fun. The thing I like about about speaking to you as, as a mentor um, is I can talk to you about anything. Like It doesn't have to be specifically about aesthetics. I can talk about any old life problem or issue that relates to my work as an aesthetic practitioner and the thing is you're quite happy to listen to it you're you're willing to spend the time you're willing to give your advice knowledge and listen to what someone like me has to say and you you make me reflect on what I say and what I need to do following our little chats Um, and that's not something that's easy to do with anyone anybody I'm lucky in that you're an aesthetic practitioner and you you work in the NHS as well so it's easy for me to bounce ideas off you um it'd be far more difficult doing that with somebody that's completely out of the field of healthcare or aesthetic practice mm. um so for me I'm really privileged that you're you're able to do that for me so I've got to say thanks for that
1: that's it's it's something that you know it's a pleasure for me it's a privilege for me so it's a lot of fun and like I said it's it's just great to see to see other people doing things that I'm like, I can be a part of the creation of the lip and expert because five years ago, I would have needed that. So yeah. now that I, yeah. I, can, I can help you be that, it's like whoever's coming up in the game next year yeah. who's going to be like me, you know, they're going to be like, oh, there is someone who is an expert in this thing who's a reference point. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, for example, you. So, yeah, so yeah it's fantastic.
0: Great. Um, looking, looking ahead, what plans have you got for, say, for your training provision? Have you got any things that you're thinking of bringing out over the next year or so? Because your tear um, trough training is fantastic. Uh, online, it's available for practitioners to sign up to and do over a period of time, I'm guessing, or do it face to face. Um, but what what plans have you got for the future? future,
1: Um, Well, I've got a complications element to my online theatre, of course, coming out hopefully this week. Uh, just need to make sure that my team get cracking. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they do that, that will be on this week. Um, and I think that it's really one of those things that I'm I'm very I have plans, but I also like to respond to. What the people are saying, what the what my my audience are saying. So, whether that be on a, on on helping practitioners with their marketing, or whether yeah. that be helping practitioners with their skill set, um, I like to respond to what they want. So, for example, the complications course wasn't a plan of mine. I literally put out uh, a story. People like we want to teach on complications, and I was like, well, that's what we got to do. So, um, I kind like of keep myself very agile. And my team stays very, I've got an amazing team. They stay very agile. um, And so we'll put feeders out. We'll get, we're always, we're always reading through the data. We're always trying to collect more data and and understand what is it that people are are, are getting from our service? What is it that we could do better? What do they want? Where are they spending the most time? Where should we improve? So that constant, um, if you like, that obsession with the data and information uh, drives what what we do. So next year, who knows? It could be that we bring out um, some new sunglasses. That's what people want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about your uh, <clears throat> wealthy medics program? What what plans have you got for that in the future? I know um, the practitioners right now are all healthcare based. Um, is that what you'll probably continue with next year?
1: I would say that um, the difference between now and and going forward is that um, I'm going to probably be more niche. So I'm really looking to focus down now on aesthetic practitioners. Um, And and I think that's going to be my real, real focus. It's going to be those people who want to stand out in the market. And I think the things that I'll be doing will be driving more and more towards how does an aesthetic practitioner in today's climate, sort of, you know, if you like, learn to stand out because aesthetics is an, an area that is quite accessible for a lot of people in healthcare and so yeah. if you like, it's a good first step so you might do a rosie uh, and you know mindset for medics and do something yeah. that actually goes one step further but for those you who do know um you know the, the 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 professional behind mindset for medics she was also a professional in aesthetics so yeah. it's a great first step um, yeah. and I think you learn how to understand how to stand out in that market, then you understand yeah. how to start to build out on your other passions. And I, and I'm the example of that, right? I started out in aesthetics as a tear trough dude, which I still am, but now I'm helping yeah. people stand out in the market and, and helping them with steps that I know that work to help yeah. them, you know, establish a blue ocean space or a unique space where they can have a unique message. And people yeah. will come to them and seek them out rather than their way around. So yeah. um, it's, it's going to be that. And then I'll let people kind of grow from,
0: yeah.
1: from learning their way through the aesthetics job. Uh, yeah.
0: What about advice for, say, practitioners um, to do with education, training and their own practice? Is there any advice you give to a practitioner that's maybe looking at what, how to get how to improve continuing professional development. What, what should they do? Should they look for a certain niche area? Should they do all different treatments when they first start working? What would you say in terms of that for somebody that, that doesn't know what to do and they're a practitioner, maybe perhaps a new practitioner, perhaps a practitioner that's been working a few years? What would your general advice be for them, for different types of practitioners?
1: So when it comes to learning, um... It goes without saying, I think investing in learning is crucial. Um, but here's the thing that I think is really important. I want to drive home um, for, for a lot of practitioners. There are two parts to the game in terms yes. of thriving in aesthetics. Um, number one is be skilled. So you have yeah. to be skilled. Obviously yeah. I'm on a crusade to get everyone to tier trust because it's so underserved. Um, it's unbelievably underserved at at the moment. It's the most underserved facial aesthetics treatment, right? Like people aren't, everybody wants to get their eyes done, especially in today's world market where everyone's in masks. Um, So I'm on that crusade. However, even if that's not your path, and it's something else, if it's lips, if it's cheeks, if it's something else, if it's body sculpting, whatever it is, if it's surgery, hair transplants, part one of your journey is to be the best you can be in that field. That's part one. Part two is to understand how people can get to know how good you are. There's no yes. point being the best. I'm a big basketball fan, right? But if you're out there in the middle of the countryside shooting three point shots and you're the best in the world, but none of the NBA teams have ever heard of you or seen you, <laughs> right? Then you need to sack the agent. So, yeah. so, so it's exactly the same in anything. Yeah. You, know, you can skill level up your skill which is number one with your learning but you have to also learn and invest in learning about how to turn yourself or your platforms into a microphone so people get to know and it's not it's not braggadocious it's not um it's not arrogance it's it's about if you know you're that good you should want everybody who wants who needs you to know you because I have an arrogance about the fact that I'm like, well, everyone should know about my, my what I do because I know I'm mm-hmm. going to give you the best. So yeah. if you're looking for it, you should come to me. Um, yeah. And that should be the mentality. So you have to, you have to know how to, how to stand out. And uh, yeah. those are the two parts of the learning that I think every practitioner should continue to invest in, stay up to date. What was hot last year is old news now. Um, yeah. So that's why my book preaches Sort of timeless principles. It doesn't go into depth on any one. It's not like, oh, how to master Instagram because Instagram was failing until, you know, to TikTok just the other day. And yes. now they're trying to bring out real. So, every, I don't think it's about necessarily going, I'm going to just become the master of this one thing. It's about yeah. having a set principle or steps that you can use no matter the country, time, place, platform. And that's what I preach in learning.
0: Yeah that's good advice it's just um that it's really nice listening to you and i'm sure um the people that are listening and watching this video are gonna love to go back and watch it again because of all the information you're giving them um but i'm privileged as i say i'm really happy and privileged to be um to be a somebody who's been mentored by you i i couldn't ask for any more than that and that's the truth um thank you i've got Coming to the end, I think we've got about, about 10 minutes or so. It kicks us off after an hour, I'm afraid. Uche. Otherwise, I could talk to you for, the, for another few <laughs> hours without any problem. I, I know, actually, but but what question. I've got, I've got some quick fire questions. And all I'll, I'll do this afterwards. I'll do this in a minute or so. I've got a few jokes, eye-related jokes. Just to put a smile on your face, you just it's give good. me a thumbs up or a thumbs down whether you think it's good or bad. Is that all right? I'm ready. I'm a big comedy fan. Let's do this. Right. Be be honest though. If you like it, thumbs up. If you hate it, thumbs down. Right. I'll be real. I'll be blunt. Some of these are good. Some of them are disgracefully bad. But there's only a few of them, luckily. So, what do you call a dinosaur with no eyes? A -a blindosaurus. Do you think he saw us? Oh, come (laughs) on! Thumbs up or down? Right, that's fair enough. I'm laughing, I'm laughing, so pumped up. Oh no thumbs up, okay. Why did the cross-eyed teacher quit her job? No idea. Because she couldn't see her pupils. That Where where would you work if you were in Paris?
1: Uh I don't know, Eiffel something. The Eiffel Tower. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower. You know what? Actually, I'm going to take that one. That's a good one. Thumbs up. You like that? Okay, I like that fair one. enough. I
0: like um, there's not many more. Don't worry. It's almost done. Um, why did the cross-eyed teacher quit her job? Oh, no, sorry. That's... I, re- I know, that, know one. <laughs> it's similar to me, but why did the cross-eyed teacher quit her job? Um, because she couldn't see her pupils. Exactly, it's the same answer to the previous one. So what do you think, thumbs up? right (laughs) this
1: time.
0: What do you call, what do you call it when an Apple user looks you in the eye? Weird. (laughs) Eye contact. (laughs) Thumbs up, Mm. you like that one. Can you join my team please? I need to help you do some up (laughs) here. Last one, last one. Why did the phone wear glasses? Why did the phone
1: wear glasses? I have no idea.
0: Because he lost all his contacts. Oh my goodness. I'm going to give this one- Okay, that's fair enough. Right. Halfway, halfway, halfway. I've got. Fair enough. Right. Coming to the end of it, I've got a few quick-fire questions for you. Now, I've got some music to play in the background, just for like to make it look like there's a time issue involved, but there's not. So okay. let me just get this. Let's get this music up for you if I can find it. it. Won't be a second, right? Right. Let's see. So, are you ready? You can only answer with a yes or a no. You can't give me any description. You can only say yes or no. Quick five questions. Are you ready? Putting Christmas decorations up now. Yes or no? Uh, No. Anything other than tear silvery density two for tear trough treatment. Yes or no? No. Ever played? Have you ever played music in a band? No. Have you ever had to try not to laugh during a consultation? Yes. Do, do you follow your brain over your heart? I've got to say, brain. Brain. Okay, so that's a yes. Um, Cannulas over needles for teatroph treatment. Yes or no? Yes. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that thumbs up from me. Um, (laughs) V for lip scarring and deformity improvement. 100% yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: One hundred percent yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> would you ever would you ever date a hairy woman? Did you say hairy? Hairy woman, yeah.
1: Uh, I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very
0: I'm Fair very enough. <laughs> I'm not the judge of your answers. Um health care healthcare practitioners only working in the NHS, yes or no? No.
1: Good.
0: Have you ever gone out in the street with just your underwear?
1: Uh, definitely not, I can remember.
0: Are you, I, I, as you said, as I said earlier, are you bringing out another book sometime? Yes. And the last question, have you ever fallen asleep at work? Oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has that been recently or quite a while ago?
1: I would say not recently, but in the early stages of my career when I first graduated from uni, oh yeah, yeah. I was going to, go to the toilet for naps on a regular basis. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> those meetings beat- those were boring the hell out of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's pretty much the end of my little plan of action and questions asked to ask you, Uche. So I've got to say, Big thank you for um, for doing all that. Is there, is there anything that was, that was else you wanted amazing. to see? Is, is is there anything else that you wanted to say that we've not covered at all?
1: Well, I would just say that besides being the expert or the foremost expert on on lip scarring, you you absolutely can have a career in TV presentation as a presenter.
0: Oh, I think you absolutely. you might be a bit too. I think you're a bit too kind there, and yeah, perhaps- hundred
1: man. You're you're a great a great interviewer, unbelievable. <laughs>
0: the thing is if I made you laugh my job's done that's all I really that's, wanted that's to it, do right? that's it <laughs> but I'm going to say thanks a lot for that maybe in the future at some point maybe we'll talk again and do a live and it might involve what's happened following the Wealthy Medics programme next year at some point and maybe you'd want would people be. like me and Rosie and Claire to maybe talk yeah. about work we've done as a result of your help um, but that's it that's pretty much it just to say a big huge thank you for, for doing everything nice. and- Take, you, taking part, um, and I hope your um, hope your training goes well. I hope your complications training goes well. Oh, and that, that's starting next week, did you say? Yeah, so it should be coming out this week. Should be we coming out this week. This week, yeah. Right, and people can just go to your website just to have a look at it.
1: That's right. So if you don't already follow me, um, I'm on Cosmetic Eye Clinic on Instagram. It's a whole lot of fun
0: and goodness. Yeah, great, excellent. That's it. That's all. I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I didn't bore you too much. No, that was
1: brilliant. That was amazing. And I'd love to do it again sometime.
0: Great. Okay, then. Thanks a lot, Uche. And Bye. I will hopefully catch you up. We'll have a conference call at some point in the next few weeks, I'm guessing. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah, big, big, huge thank you for that.
1: Thank you.